We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. I give us an array of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. It's always a beautiful day in the valley. So if you heard me say that, uh, you know it's a beautiful day. So, well, what's going on in the world of sports? There is a lot that's going on in the world of sports. There's um, basketball courses going on. Uh, baseball's hot right now. Uh, I think Tiger announced that uh, he's going to be playing soon again. Hockey's hot. Uh, but I'll tell you, basketball is really hot. Basketball's hot, and I'm happy. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, listen, I'm a LeBron James fan. I, I just like the way the man plays the game. And I believe I like the way he handled his decision. It was his decision. I don't care what people say about that. You know, he was, I thought it was very smart. And some people thought it was tasteless and uh, classless. And the only thing about that is that I believe there were other people who wanted to take advantage of the opportunity themselves in their networks, perhaps, maybe. Um, I think he did a very honorable thing. I believe a lot of money went to a charity, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he did what most media outlets tend to do. Uh, he waited to the very end to hold the attention of those people that were watching uh, to give you the big news. So I, I don't see why people are upset with him. I think he's apologized recently somewhat only to satisfy uh, some people. But I don't think there is anything wrong with what he did. And... Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy, and so why don't I just stay there for a minute, if you will, and uh, and talk a little bit about uh, LeBron James, if you will, LeBron James in the Miami Heat. Notice I didn't say D Wade or Chris Bosh in the Miami Heat. I said LeBron James. I don't think they'll mind that. I think right now, if you, if you look at what's happening with the Miami Heat, I think they're doing an outstanding job as a team. And I think that's what LeBron was interested in. LeBron wanted to play on a team that would win a championship. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers tried, you know, I guess in their minds they did the best they could to put the pieces to the puzzle together. But I think Pat Riley was just a better GM. He knew the pieces of a puzzle that he could put together 
that could win a championship. The GM in Cleveland didn't put the right pieces to the puzzle together. Now, LeBron has not won a championship yet, so I'm a little premature in saying that. But I would just like to say this, because thus far, I think what LeBron has done, and what D. Wade has done, what Chris Bosh has done, what the coach has done, what Pat Riley has done, is they, they've exemplified what it takes to put together a team that has the right chemistry, that they're all on the same page, and esprit de corps, they're trying to go one common goal, and that's to win a championship. I remember early on last year when they did a little celebration, that was, again, that was a celebration for those people there in my for the Miami fans. Everybody else got the exposure uh, because it was such a big thing. But that they did that for those local fans. Everybody else was invited to the party. But that was a party for their fans to get them excited about Miami Heat basketball. And from that point on, the chemistry, it was there. You could see it was there. Even throughout this season, I think maybe one time, a couple times perhaps maybe there's been some, some disagreement uh, with each other within the team between the big three. And, and, and they've been able to call each other on it. But in such a way that it hasn't destroyed the chemistry of the team. <clears throat> Miami uh, did not destroy their chemistry. Uh, I think the Lakers did destroy their chemistry. Okay, we'll leave the Lakers out, out of this thing right now. But certainly the chemistry is there. Everybody wants to win. I'm going to go back to the point I started to make and got off just track just a little bit. The biggest thing was everybody was saying, okay, when this game is on the line, you know, who's going to get the ball? I cannot believe that. I mean, this is from people who are, who've played this game at the highest level, some of the greatest to ever play. Whose team is it? I'm sorry, but unless you're the owner of the team, it's the team. It's a team. What do you mean whose team is it? It's, it's the team. And, and when you've got people that are, that are very good, some of these guys, LeBron James is going to go down as one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game. He is that now. D. Wade is, is, is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Chris Bosh is a very, very good basketball player, no doubt about it. But when you're that good and you're on a team and you, and you won a championship and you have somebody within the organization who's won multiple championships, Pat Riley, when you have somebody on the team who has won a championship, D. Wade, and you have one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game hungry for a championship, I think knowing LeBron James' basketball IQ, I would think that LeBron would listen to what Pat Roddy would say as to what we can do and what will help you to get this championship that you so badly want. I think LeBron respects D-Wade enough to understand that we've got to do whatever we have to do in order to win a championship game. And I don't care if you make the last shot, I make the last shot, you make the first shot, I make the first shot. We don't care. And Chris Bosh is a person who is hungry. He's a man who wants to prove that he deserves to be there. He deserves to be a part of that big three because if you recall a couple shows ago, You can go down the list, and I would like anybody out there to challenge me. Please call me at 888-346-9144 if you disagree that it takes a big three to win an NBA championship. It doesn't take a big two or little one. 
it takes a big three to win an NBA championship and certainly to, to win multiple NBA championships. So for all of those out there who had the question, when the game is on the line, who's going to get the ball? Is it going to be in the hands of D-Wade? Is it going to be in the hands of LeBron James? Who's going to get it? Are they going to you know, be upset because they don't, they don't have the ball? They're not the go-to guy? I can't believe this is coming from people who have won championships or certainly close enough to win, who are professionals. doesn't make a difference. When you want to win, you want to do whatever it takes to win. You don't care. You don't care who makes the last shot. Just make the damn shot. You don't care who makes the steal. Just get the ball. Make the turnover happen. You don't care who blocks. Just block the shot. Doesn't matter. Just want to win. And don't forget, after the first game that they lost in Chicago, I said right here on Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network that the most important thing of that entire game, what everybody overlooked, what was more important than everything else was how good Bosch played. Everybody talked about he played a good game, but why that was important for him to play a good game. Nobody emphasized that. That, again, was that I belong here. I'm here. I'm the man. I can dominate. I can score. I can be the one that the team rides my back, and they're willing to do that. Now, they didn't win that game, but that was okay. Because what was more important to me is I knew that there's no way in the world Dwayne Wade or LeBron James would continue to play like that. What they had to make sure was that they had the confidence of Chris Bosh that you could be the man. We could ride you. Go right ahead. If you got it, make it happen. And that was the most important. That has been the most important thing throughout this entire series. And that, in my mind, that's the change of the tide when you see, yeah, now it's it. They got the, 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 the eye of the tiger. Chris has it. They're going to ride him. LeBron, oh, man, you know he's going to do it. So all I want to say is all those, and it may, again, it may be a little bit premature, but for all those people out there that said they would never win a championship, you know, they'd never get past Boston. That was like two years ago that that happened, that they'd been past Boston. But they look good. And I, I, I just think they can close the series out. And, of course, they're not, uh, uh, they're not going to be overconfident. I think, again, I think Pat Riley, even though he's in the background, I think Pat is very much involved in this team. I, I just love the way this team has, has come together. And it kind, of, it kind of reminds me a little bit. It reminds me, you know, when you look back at the Lakers, you know, it was showtime, you know, and, and this, is, this could be showtime all over again. Remember, I think it was like last year or maybe the year before, but it was like everybody was making a comparison, you know, what was LeBron? LeBron was playing more like Magic, but he needed to play more like Michael. And, and I think LeBron has the unique ability to step on the court and have some magic and Michael in him and at in one game at a time. He has all those abilities wrapped up in one man and can turn it on like you've never seen it before. We just have to give him that credit. He, he's that good. He is magic. He is Michael. But he's LeBron. 
And LeBron adds an element that has a bit of both of those combined into that's how you get a LeBron James. You got some Magic Johnson in him and you got some Michael Jordan in him. And you, you got probably, if, if he wins those championships, you got to see this movie that's about to come out uh, where the man says, hey, uh, LeBron, Michael, the comparison, Mike's got six championship rings. That's it. That, that ends all the story. When you talk about the greatest basketball player ever, Mike's got six. Now, Bill Russell's got 10, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. But Bill wasn't the athlete that Michael Jordan was. But LeBron James is the athlete, as good, bigger, stronger, faster. You know, Mike just had some artistic talent that we've never seen before. And, and LeBron has come in and taken some of that to, to a next level because he's huge. He's a huge man. It, you know, the, the other day when he was on the fast break, and, and oh, my God, you know, it was like a locomotive just steamrolling. And LeBron is just, you know, it's just something different, a real freak of nature, something that we've never seen before. We never will see it again on the basketball court. A man as big and as strong and as fast as he that can handle. He he can throw. He passes like Magic Johnson. You know, Magic was what, six, nine. But but Magic wasn't as big as LeBron. So I I just again, I I had to get on that little rant uh, because I just had to. Acknowledge the fact that these men have come together to be a basketball team. And I think that's what when they first went to Miami and they shared the stage. It wasn't about LeBron is coming to Miami. It wasn't about Chris Bosh is is coming to Miami. It was about these gentlemen are joining this team. They're going to be a part of this team. And everybody feels good about it down there in Miami. And those basketball fans out there. You know, love him or hate him. you got to understand that right now, LeBron and Chris Bosh has been a welcome addition to the Miami Heat basketball team. And Dwayne Wade is willing to share the stage. I got some music in my ear. I guess I got to take a break. I'm going to come back and talk about Dallas. I can't believe I'm going to do that. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports and the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, okay, I got that out the way. Got that out the way about LeBron and, uh, you know, him finally, you know, sitting, being on a team uh, where he's comfortable at, you know, a team of which uh, has a very good chance of winning the NBA championship, uh, winning the Eastern Conference championship first, and then moving on. Uh, and getting the respect he deserves, if you like the way he did it or not. I think that's part of the man's uh, you know, basketball IQ to understand what teammates he should surround himself with that has the ability of winning a championship. And he could very well be in Chicago now. We all know that. He could very well have been on that team in Chicago, and, and, and I think he considered that. I, I think also... Um, you know, Chris Bosh could have been there with him. Uh, I think these are three men that, you know, got together when they were on a team, uh, a world tour team someplace playing and uh, thought about it and, and made it happen. So shout out to homeboy LeBron James. Now let me move on to the other side, on, on the west side, Dirk Nowinski. Now, interesting comment the other night when the game was played. I think it was last night. You know, I've been hitting my head a few times. Last night seems like last year to me. But – the question was, Dirk Nowinski, the way he's been playing, why is it that this guy is not like a rock star? Why are we not talking about him like he's one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game? I mean, the numbers that he's putting up, the shots that he's making, the consistency from the foul line, wow, come on. Why is he not getting his just due? Can anybody answer that? I sure as hell can't, but I'm going to try. And this is just what I think. It's, it's something about, I guess nice guys always finish last. Is that what they say? Bullshit. They don't always finish last. Sometimes they finish first. And listen, Magic was as nice a guy as you possibly can get. You ain't going to find a nicer man than Magic Johnson. You know, on the court, cut your throat and laugh at you. But nice guy. Very few people did not like Magic. You, heard, you know, him and Isaiah had their thing. But that's okay. Uh, the majority of people, 90% or 99% of people in the league probably, you know, loved Magic. So can't say last, you know, nice guys finish last. What I will say this is, you know, I think Dirk lacks a little bit of star power. I think he needs an image consultant. He, he's got to get an image consultant to help him because for what the man does on the basketball court, you know, in terms of a matchup, 
you know, it's a mismatch. There's no one person out there that has all the intangible skill sets and the talent that they could guard him and shut him down. We've yet to find one person that could shut him down. But, I mean, the way you do it, I don't understand this. You know, I, I saw Sean Payton when the New England, I'm sorry, when the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, were in a playoff game. Even I think it was in, in it might have been in the Super Bowl. I got to give Sean Payton his credit as a coach. The man said this. The man said, do not let the best player on their team beat us. It's not like it's somebody that comes out of nowhere and has a great game unexpectedly. We, we, he played above his level of talent. He played over his head, as they many times say. Uh, that's unexpected. You can't necessarily prepare for that. Sometimes a professional player in any sport can just find himself in a zone and just plays out of this world. If that player beats you, then you could, you know, you can make you can uh, at least you can try to make an excuse for him beating you. You should be prepared, prepared for everything and everybody. But sometimes a person just plays a game. They have the best game they've ever had in their life. But when somebody's consistently knocking down 30, 40 points on you, you got to prepare for that. So there is no reason why OKC should get beat by Dirk Nowinski. It just should not happen. They shouldn't be, you know, I, I got to say this, that, you know, the coaching staff is not doing their job right now. They're being out coached. You, let somebody else beat you. Don't, don't let Dirk Nowinski beat you. Just don't let it happen. The man is playing out of his mind, but he has the ability to do that. You expect him to do that. If you give him the opportunity, you give him the ball, you let him keep. He doesn't pass like LeBron James. Run two people at double team him. Get the ball out of his hands. And then when you get the ball out of his hands, he throws it to somebody else. Do not let him stay open. Whosoever man he is, you stay with him. Because they're going to try to get the ball back to him. He's not going to stay put. He's going to move around. He's going to be very active. But don't let Dirk Nowinski beat you. Come on, OKC. Now let me, let me go into this a little bit further since I'm in my coach mode. You know, something else about OKC. Experience. This is a young team. I understand you took the Lakers of six games last year. That's some experience. In, in sports, a year at the professional level is like five years. You know, we play just like dog years. Come on. You, you with me on this one. You've aged. You should not be making rookie mistakes. You should not lose your composure. You don't let teams come back from 10, 15 points in a matter of minutes, not quarters, but minutes. You, you don't do that. You know, where is the person who's going to step up, be the leader in basketball? You back that ball out. You put your hand up and say, hey, okay, slow down. Hold on. I got this. Where's the leadership on that team? Something should happen. That There should be some leadership there. Mo, you're on the bench. You're a champion. You know, when there was some, you know, between the coach and Westbrook, you know, Brooks, Scotty and, and Westbrook, you know, it was a few words. You got up out your seat, Mo. You went down and you had a few words with Westbrook. As the game went on, he became a cheerleader. He was cussing the coach out. He became a cheerleader. Yeah, I'm calling Mo out right now because I know Mo's got the leadership skills necessary. He's one. I think he's the only one on that bench. And I could be wrong. That's won an NBA championship. I know Scott Brooks is the head coach, but right now, Mo, it might be time for you to insert yourself. 
You need to save your team. There's no way in the world that would happen. Mo, you, you, you played against some of the greatest ever played a game. You played against the Larry Birds and the Boston Celtics. You played against Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, come on. You, you know what needs to be done. I'm looking for this to be a competitive series. It doesn't, it looks kind of lopsided now. It looks, the confidence level that the Dallas Mavericks have accomplished to this point is that they think that they, they've won this series right now. I think they feel, you know, completely in charge. And I think they think they may have taken OKC's best shot. And so what they're going to do is they're just going to hang in there and, and they may feel as if it's, it's over. I think they feel like they've they've pierced their hearts at least. They're taking their courage, you know. You know, uh, as we might, they punked them already. They didn't. They didn't. They they they, they just like like the like the uh, what's that? Uh, what's his name? He's got his things punked. You know, they 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 showed up at your court. You thought they were going to be you know some other team that you could just beat just because you beat the Lakers, but no. They punked you. It's, it's done. It's over with. You know, so, okay, see, don't let that happen to you. You, you, you got to stand up. You can beat them. You can beat them. Take Dirk out of his game. Say, everybody else can beat us, but we're not going to let Dirk beat us. And you'll see what happens. Now, let me go back and let me finish on Dirk, because I, I, you know, I really want to talk about what this whole thing about Dirk being this mega rock star is all about. Now, for one reason that I, I wanted to start it the way I did and talking about him and, you know, image consultant will help him off the field to help him perpetuate this rock star that they want him to be. He's a damn good basketball player and he should he should get his just due. If they want to get endorsements, you go get your image consultant. But what you're doing on the basketball court, you're doing it perfect. But let me say this in terms of your legacy. It's not time for you to get a legacy. You haven't won a championship. You haven't gone back to the NBA championship game series yet. But not only that, Dirk, there's a reason why I'm not sure if I can give you your just due of which everybody's saying you deserve right now. And you want to know why? It's because now it's some young pups you playing against, man. Come on. This is OKC. This one of the youngest teams in the NBA. And then not only that, it's one of the youngest, I mean, franchises. And then the team itself in terms of the players. There's some of the youngest players in the league. Now, what, what happened when you were up against your peers? Your, yeah, that was a St. Louis thing. Your peers. You know, when you had to go up against Tim Duncan, when you had to go up against Kobe. Now, you got Kobe. Kobe old right now. Kobe's a senior citizen in NBA. We know that. So you got Kobe, caught him, you know, in the senior citizen mode. And when the team was very, oh, wow, talk about dysfunctional. That's a dysfunctional team. So, I, Kirk, I think, Dirk, I think one of the problems right now in terms of me giving you your props is who you beating up on right now. You beating up on the OKC right now, a very young team, a very immature when it comes to basketball. They're not a mature basketball team. They're still young pups. And right now, yeah, you got it going. But I think if, if Mo inserts his wisdom into this thing, it could change around. But I, I've got a hard problem really giving Dirk all the credit he deserves because what happened when, when, you know, when Tim Duncan and the boys would show up all the time? You couldn't get it done. 
You know, what happened when, when Kobe and the boys would show up all the time? You couldn't get it done. So I think, you know, everybody's saying, well, wow, why is not Dirk really getting his just due? You know, he's playing, you know, way above anything that we've seen before. He's raised his game to the next level, you know, and he's, he's just, you know, and the team is hot. You know, how come we're not giving his just due? And it's because we've seen this before. We've seen it before. Now, if, 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 if OKC is able to come back and win, then, wow, Dirk. You know, right now, we have you a place uh, in, in the greatest players that ever played that never won a championship. There might be a slot for you over there somewhere. That's where you, you've achieved that right now, and, and we're, we're ready to put you there. But there's also a chance that you could become one of the greatest cha- uh, champions of all time, uh, you're one of the greatest players of all time, but only has one championship, and that is if you make it out of, you know, the Western Conference and, and you go, which I don't think you're going to do, and go and beat LeBron and company. I don't think that's going to happen. But, but one thing for sure, it's just hard. It, it's hard looking at, I see what he's doing, but who is he doing it against? It's a, it's a young team. They really don't have the matchup for you. And when you had a chance to really shine, particularly when it was against Tim Duncan in San Antonio, you couldn't get it done. And then a couple years, you know, Kobe and those guys, you know, took the conference. They were trying to three-peat. And so I, I think, Dirk, that's the answer, man. Everybody just remembers you letting them down. But that's typical. You're from Dallas. <laughs> you play ball in Dallas. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about that. I had to throw that in. Okay, you hear that music. You got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in finish living like it matters. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, bad choice of words. Yeah, you know it. Noah, bad choice of words. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
himself is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Coast to Coast Mixtage.com. Back, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Okay, bad choice of words. Yannick Noah, very upset, very intense, very emotional, comes to the bench, fans all over him, saying all kinds of things, and he hollers out a slur of which he wished he could just pull that right back. Now, I'm only going to say this. No, what he said was not the right thing to say. But all I am saying is I just, from a player's perspective, listen, no, it's not right for us to say anything back. It's not right for, you know, on the field, you know, when guys say stuff to us, yeah, we got a chance to get them back and all that type of stuff. But I just want fans to do this. At some point in time, respect the people that you pay to go see perform and give them respect of another human being. I don't think it's right for you. That's, that's, you provoke that person not to say something, but, you know, a person can only be pushed. I'm sorry. At some point in time, I, I, I've used this uh, example as an athlete is a trained professional. And, and, and you're trained to kind of garner your emotions and to direct it onto the field and take it out physically on a person. I've also said that many times that the physical punishment that is uh, between one player and another player, uh, the impact is such that if it were outside of that playing field, you would be probably arrest- handcuffed, arrested, and charged with assault and battery. But there are things that you just cannot do and cannot say to a human being and expect that person just to let it go. And so what he said was wrong, I agree. But we have to do something to the point where we protect the players and that we respect the players and the athletes that are performing and they're not subjected to whatever. I just don't think that you get, because you pay for a ticket, that you have the right to say whatever to another human being and not expect some type of retaliation. I just, what he said was wrong, first and foremost. But what, the way of which he was provoked by a fan, it has to be, listen, you can direct your quotes, whatever, your statements, your opinions, you can do that to the court, but once you, and you cannot engage individually, that you got to find a way, the league has to find a way to control those who are in the stands. You, you just cannot do that. 
Now, what was said, again, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that was wrong. But I just don't want to go there. But people have called me a whole lot of things, a whole lot of things. And you, I'm sure you all know what they are. I'm, I'm an African-American man. For those of you out there don't don't know that, I'm a black man in America. I've been called a lot of things that was wrong. Those were wrong. Don't give the fans privileges that you don't give the players. It's not freedom of speech. So you can't say what you just want to say. You can't just call these men what you want to call them just because you pay for a ticket. That doesn't give you the right to say whatever you said to him. And it certainly doesn't give him the right to say what he said to you. So two wrongs don't make a right. There are two people that are wrong. And I think that fan perhaps maybe should have been sent, you know, packing. The fan got away with he it cost him fifty thousand dollars. The most expensive two words he's ever said in his life. But he said something else that was equally important. I'm sorry. So now go out and play a good game because I don't know how well you guys are going to end up because, you know, I'm all for LeBron. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I like that young man. And I like the way his listen, his dad back in the day, I had never seen anyone go after a tennis ball, chasing it, running it before it, you know, hits the ground, psh, serve it back between his legs. Oh, man, dad was just an outstanding, probably still is a good athlete. Uh, but anyway, um, let's move on to something else now. Uh, I, I got to say this. It appears that the NFL has canceled the rookie symposium. Now, I got to stop and think. There's two things I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the NFL for these last two segments. But but the rookie symposium, you know, we got to stop and think about, you know, what's really happening with this strike. Well, it's not a strike; it's a lockout. And there's a difference in a strike and a lockout. You were locked out. You tried to go to work; they locked you out. A strike, you walked off the job. I was a part of two strikes. We walked off the job. Then we tried to come back in 87 and they locked us out. Okay. Right now, the players were permitted to come back. The lockout was ended. They tried to come back and they locked them out again. So now they've canceled the rookie symposium. The owners have a meeting right now. I think they're someplace. I forget where they are. Shout out Fish. Kelvin Fisher. They someplace, you know, getting together, getting their strategy together. But, but certainly what's important to know about this is the Rookie Symposium was created years after I left the game, obviously to fill what they felt was a void and something that was needed. Now, this whole thing, you, how are you going to have, you've got an opportunity, it's coming up here pretty soon. I think you might have already done it, or it's coming up pretty soon. Either you've done it, it's coming up pretty soon. It's one of those days, again, I'm hitting my head too many times. The rookie pictures, photographs and all, that's going to be taken. But the rookie symposium is not going to happen. Now, the rookie symposium is extremely important because it's, it's the first opportunity that these young players get a chance collectively, all of them to come together and to participate and to listen and to be educated about the lifestyle of a professional athlete. College football and pro football, night and day. Night and day. You think you may have been a superstar on a college campus. You are a college football player. You are now a celebrity. You go from being a college football player to being a celebrity. 
And along with celebrities come lights, cameras, action. Lights, cameras, action. All kind of action, all kind of lights. You better be ready. Lights, cameras, action. Always going to be everywhere you go, everything you do. Here's a man just got fined $50,000. I will show you a perfect example of the difference in college football and pro football. Same thing happens at a college football game. That person goes to the stand, says, I'm sorry. Happens pro football, basketball, baseball, $100,000 it costs Kobe Bryant. $50,000 it costs Noah. That's the difference in college and pro football. College football, you'd be apologizing to the world. Pro sports, you're paying the world. So that's just one example. Not only that, you know, you do something, uh, you know, pro football, you show up at the wrong place at the wrong time, suspension, uh, money, cut, release, fired, done, over with. Places you can't go, things you can't do. People you can't be with, you know, it, it just, it changes. You have to be made aware of these things. You, it's just a whole different type of lifestyle. And I just don't want to go into great details, but you need to know these things. There's some things that sometimes these young men coming from college into pros, don't, you're in a protected environment when you're on a college campus. And come on, all of those out there that are listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You go, in the, you go to any major college university out here where they call themselves Party Schools USA. You go to Party School USA anytime. If you really want to make a drug bus, just show up on that college campus on a Friday night and walk down the hallways. And half of the school would be busted, would be in jail. It'd be a drug raid. Come on. You know, pros, you know, there's no protected environment. Those things that those college students did on those college campuses, hey, pro football, you, you, can't, you can't be around those people. You certainly can't do it, but you, you can't be around those people because if you're around those people and they get busted and you're there, you're guilty. You're going to have to, there's some friends that you have. Pooking them, pooking them can't be, you can't hang out with pooking them all the time anymore. You can go back to the block, hang out, go to the hood. That's part of your blood. Don't give it up. Hang out. Stand on the corner, talk, share the stories, give it to them firsthand. Let them know what it's like, you know, but, but that's it. In a public place, you know, in the daytime, just chilling with the fellas on the corner. That's your block. Don't give that up. Share it with them, but out in the public. You don't have anything on you personally. Hopefully they ain't got anything on them personally. Hopefully ain't no cloud over your head or over their heads except in the sky. And, you know, share it with them. Go back to the neighborhoods and, you know, tell everybody what they need to know from what you're, the way you're enjoying life. But there's some things you just got to give up. You may not know what they are, but the FBI is going to come and tell you. That's part of what's Rookie Symposium. Yeah, FBI agents come in and talk to you. And not the ones that you're going to see out there. You never know where FBI agents are when you're out there. You never, you, know what, you never know what NFL security looks like when you're out there. But they know you're in the wrong places at the wrong time. Yeah, you may get a, you may get a call. The team may get a call and let you, hey, you got some people at the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong things. You know, you, you've got, and then you've got some benefits. You need to take 
take advantage of those benefits, young players. Once you get, if you, if they don't have the supposed makeup, talk to some veteran players so they can tell you what are some support systems that we have around us that I can take advantage of. If you go out and you have a few drinks, don't get behind the wheel. There's a number you can call. Somebody will come pick you up from any place in the United States of America if you're a pro football player. If you've had too many drinks, call that number. Players Association gives you that number. Get those people to come pick you up and take you wherever you want to go. If you're under the influence of alcohol, do not get behind that wheel. We, we know what can happen. And God bless those souls of that soul of that person that was hit and killed a few, a few years ago by an NFL player. But I just wonder, rookies, it's important. And if it's important, those are some things that maybe we shouldn't sacrifice. And so, listen, I, I don't know how you make that up, but there's some information that needs to get to these young players about how to be a professional. Not just a professional football player on the field, but how to be a professional football player off the field. To watch out for those people who come and trying to sell you a, you know, a bag of gold that's some bullshit. Excuse me. I just couldn't go anyplace else, but that's all they're selling you is some bullshit. They're trying to take your money from you. You know, you have to know how to evaluate those people. You, don't, you, you have to ask the right questions. You have to know them when you see them. Your agent ain't with you all the time. And he shouldn't be with you all the time. You need to, there's a level of maturity that you need to reach. And years on this earth will allow you to reach it, but also making the right choices to be around the right people. You got some guys on your team. You know who those true professionals are. You make a choice of who you're going to hang with on your team, too. And make sure there's some bad guys in the NFL and there's some good guys. But you need to make the right choices. But that rookie symposium is very important. There's a lot of things. And something else, you need to start getting ready for the transition from day one. You can get hurt first day on the job. You need to start getting prepared to life after football the day you walk into it. Now, I got to take a break, but I'm going to come back on the other side. and I'm going to make you think about something. Could this class of rookies that's coming in be the least productive class of rookies in a long time? Because they're missing a whole lot this offseason. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone. An interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports. Simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran. Yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you. The day starts at noon and so does Inside the Trenches. 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Bringing you the ins and outs. Letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches your show want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite voice america talk radio network host how about what's new with our network 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Music, you know, the show you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, let me share some things here before I go into this class of rookies that may be the least productive class of rookies, and God only knows when. Uh, it looks like Roger Goodell and the group and the crew and the league is going to be doing some things to perhaps maybe hit some people a little harder in the pockets. It looks like now that the flagrant hits are not only going to cost the players, but they're going to cost the teams. So there's no doubt that the football game that I knew that I played that you have seen up until about, I'm going to say, three years ago is, is about to change. It's, it's going to change drastically now. And, and it could be that it may help some of those guys out there that lack a little bit of courage but have some athletic talent. Now there may be a spot for you to play football because if you're scared to get hit, you ain't got to worry about getting hit real hard because they're going to tackle now. They're not going to hit. Remember I said this right here on Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. The NFL and its game will become tackle football. Hitting, uh, they've eliminated that. It costs too much money. They will not be hitting like we're accustomed to seeing anymore. They'll be tackling. And that just means I trip you up, almost like a flag game, you know, push them down, that kind of thing. So, but it's going to be costing the team some money. So, you know, if you're going to get, once you start getting to the owner's pocket, you, you, you better stop it or you're going to get cut. So, so that is happening. Um, I, I believe, again, as I said, uh, you know, they're down uh, someplace in the country having a meeting. So they're talking about a lot of things. Uh, but, but let me also say this about basketball. I think the Basketball Association, too, the uh, NBA, well, you know, they are, are this is the first time, I think, in history of sports that there are labor issues with all the big three for sure. I don't know if hockey's included in this, but I know football, basketball and baseball. All three of us have issues and, uh, you know, they got to get them taken care of. But uh, the NBA is, is, is now in a position where uh, I think they filed an unfair labor charge against the NBA. Uh, the Players Association filed an unfair labor charge against the league Tuesday with the National Labor Relations Board, a move it hopes could block a lockout it feels owners want. So 
the NBA Players Union feels if they're headed down the same road that the NFL Players Union found themselves, and that is that the owners want a lockout. And, uh, you know, it, it's all about money, 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 money. It's all about the money that we as fans have in our pockets of which we are um, paying to see these games, whether they be on television or whether they be in the stadiums, uh, however we view them, that's, uh, that's the money they're fighting over. So, um, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm, those, you, you deserve it. If you, can, if you can generate it, supply and demand. If you got a great supply of athletic talent out there and there's a great demand for it, Hey, let those guys make their money while they can. You only do it for a short period of time. And then let the next man make it. And those who love the game, you know, it's like you're, if, it, if, it, if you're your best burger, your best, you know, filet mignon, you know, your best, you know, piece of fish, you know, whatever that might be, um, you know, hey, you're willing to pay for it. You, you don't tell Ruth Chris that's too high. You know, come on. You just, you know, bring the bill, pay for it. Your best wine, it costs too much? No, you know what it costs. You work hard. You work hard, you play hard, you get paid well. So that's what's happening. Now, let's, let's speak about working hard and playing hard and production. I feel, listen, by June 4th, my rookie year, I was in Philadelphia getting ready to start working out with the team of the, the players that were there because everybody wasn't required to be there. Prior to that, I had gone to a mini camp after I was drafted. And, and now I'm there working out every day, five days a week with my teammates that are in town to get ready to go to two a days that started July 15th and weren't over until Labor Day. Okay. And that allowed me to get myself mentally and physically prepared for a national football league season. Uh, allowed me to, Make the team play a lot and, 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 and contribute. Now, what I'm saying to you right now is there is a, for a rookie, I, you know, people just don't understand. You just don't walk in. I happen to walk into a locker room of a team that had just gone to the Super Bowl. Now, the Eagles lost to the Raiders, but they went to the Super Bowl. I don't care if I thought I was, you know, Captain Ray Ellis from the Ohio State University. I walked in the locker room and, man, I'm looking at Wilbur Montgomery and Ron Jaworski and uh, Harold Carmichael and, and Herman Edwards and Roynell Young, you know, first-round draft pick the year before I came. You know, Randy Logan, all pro strong safety out of University of Michigan, and, and they draft me, and I walk into this locker room. Who am I? They don't know who I am. They don't care who I am. But there's one person that's probably kind of worried because I'm coming to get his job. So to walk into an NFL locker room, with the exception of you, the first-round draft pick, and most of the time that's about the only job. Okay, I'll go maybe second. The first and second-round draft picks may be the only jobs that are secure in terms of making a roster as a rookie. Third round, you may be in jeopardy. Fourth on down, you can forget it. Fourth through seven, you ain't guaranteed nothing except your signing bonus. You're not guaranteed you making no team. Second round, maybe. Third round, you're questionable. Don't go in there and they realize they made a mistake. They'll eat that money they gave you in that signing bonus and let you go and get somebody that can play. But I am telling you, there, this could possibly be because of the lockout. This could be the most non-productive class of rookies that we've seen in a long time. There's a system now. Playbooks are very huge, extravagant playbooks now. They got all these sophisticated calls offensively and defensively. Wide open offenses. 
you know, all kinds of defenses. Listen, it's not easy anymore. I mean, it never was, but I think it's a little bit more difficult now. It's, it's a lot. I think it's a little bit more challenging now because of the fact that they realize that we can give them more, give them more, give them more, give them more. They can take it. Intellectually, yes, they could take it. Before, we've been trying to keep it all simple. Oh, no, this ain't no keep it simple, stupid game. Come on, let's, let's, let's mix it up. And that's what they've done. So they're doing a lot more than that. So I, so I can tell you, listen, you come in there, you know, you you got to get comfortable in the locker room. That takes you some time. And then the running and lifting you did in college, that, that's not pro football. The running and lifting you're going to be doing in college, that, that you did in college, when you get to pros, it's going to be different. I'll never forget Andre Waters when he came in as a rookie from Cheney. But Andre took it to another level with us, and some people tried to stop him. No, don't, Andre, do what you got. Do you. Do you. I would tell you, come in as a rookie. What you need to be prepared is to win. Do everything as best you possibly can. Take it to a whole new level. Change the culture. You come from a winning program. Keep that winning attitude. Don't care if you make anybody mad. You're trying to get a job. You're trying to get a job, but you got to get comfortable with the locker room. you got to make some friends in that locker room. So that's why I'm a little concerned. They're not going to be comfortable with the locker room. They're, not gonna be, they're certainly not going to be comfortable with the playbook. They can't introduce the plays to them yet. So they're going to have to have everything on an accelerated pace. And the NFL already, the game itself, is a lot different than a college game. So I think it's going to be hard. So don't expect to see as many rookies coming in and making the impact that they've been making in the past few years, which also could mean that a lot more veterans that might have been borderline may make the team as opposed to some of the rookies. But then again, the owners could want the veterans to be mad at them and they got to go. So, you know, it's a little catch-22 there. But for the rookies, you got to come in with the right frame of mind. Be ready to play ball. Jump in that playbook as much as you can. Stay in that playbook. Get comfortable with the locker room. Don't come with any of that, you know, that, you know, that stuff that happened down there in them Dallas Cowboys. You know, I ain't carrying nobody's helmet. Carry the helmets. Do whatever you got to do as a rookie. Make your teams better. Make football better this year. I don't care if they take away the hitting, but when you come in, rookies, do your thing. You know, make the world know that you're here, you've arrived. It's your time. Okay, it's my time is up, so I got to go. You've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.